Hello and welcome in to episode number one of the Dome Zone podcast. I'm Dawson Iserlow, Mason Nunez with me. Mason, we've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm pretty excited to finally get it going. Yes, sir. Super amped up, ready for this season. Excited. So basically what this podcast is going to be is a weekly New Orleans Saints podcast that centers around weekly analysis, updates, recaps, previews, anything related to the Houdat Nation we're going to cover in this show. So uh, this first one, we're going to do our 2022 preview show. So not just going to go into week one, but we're also going to kind of preview the season in general, uh, get mine and Mason's thoughts on the team, kind of where we were headed, uh, where the roster looks right now, what we're excited about. I think it's a great year to do this because there's a lot of optimism surrounding the team in general. Um, the Saints looked really good in training camp and preseason. And overall, you know, I'm just excited to talk about what should be a really good 2022 season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the Saints this year are going to build off the success of last season. Um, and with a basically completely revamped roster, I think this team has a lot, a lot of expectations going into this year. Yeah, and so that's the first topic I wanted to kind of get into was just the overall feeling regarding this team because, you know, it's interesting. It feels different, right? We've we've entered this post-Breeze era where at the start of seasons last year specifically, there was a lot of unknowns. We just didn't really know how Jameis Winston was going to do taking over the torch. Um, the team around him looked like the roster, felt like it was still pretty good, but overall we just didn't really know. Well, Jameis comes out, we have that great week one game against Green Bay last year, just dominating them in Jacksonville. Uh, from there, it was a little bit of ups and downs, but you were in a pretty good spot before the Winston injury. So he goes down. I wouldn't call the season a wash from that point because the Saints still played some competitive games, right? And made things interesting, but came up just short of the playoffs. So we go into this offseason and it was a big one. We go ahead. We see the Sean Payton retirement, which kind of changes everything. Um, the roster gets completely revamped and going once it all the dust had settled. I think the roster is now one of the better rosters in the NFC. Um, so. Overall, my, my feeling is more optimism than than any recent season. And and since we were, you know, counting on Drew Brees to try and chase a championship. I don't know if you feel the same way, Mason. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think with Jameis at quarterback, a lot of people had questions, you know, like you brought up last season. There was it was completely unknown. You know, at one point we were thinking that Taysom Hill was going to take the start at quarterback, which, as we've seen, not very successful um, to an extent. But yeah, something about this season just feels different. You know, it, it almost feels different even when we had Drew Brees, you know, with the reins of the offense. Um, you know, we've added a ton of playmakers. The defense is going to do what it does, which as we've seen, has been historically good the past few years. So I think honestly, a lot of people are saying that this team's ceiling is going to be playoffs or bust. But I think realistically, this this team can compete for a title. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't want to sound like the home fan here when I say that. But what I look at is the NFC in general. And I just don't think it's as strong as it's been in years past. We saw some land shapes, you know, landscape shifting over the offseason with some quarterbacks like Russell Wilson heading from the NFC to the AFC. And there's certain things like that that I think matter when you're looking at a team's ability to compete at the highest level. Uh, who they're going to have to compete against is important. And that's one thing I'm really certainly glad the Saints aren't competing in the AFC this year with some of the guys at the top with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and the way that those rosters are loaded. So, yeah, I think that's that's going to be really interesting. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit more in a little bit, kind of where we think this team fits in in the NFC South. But 
I first off just wanted to talk about what position group you are most excited for, and then we'll turn around and talk about what we're most concerned about. You know, overall, I think, and I believe a lot of other Huda fans will agree, the most excited position is the wide receiver core. I mean, we get to see a potentially healthy Michael Thomas back on the field for the first time in two seasons. And a lot of people have seemed to forget, you know, just how dominant he was at that position prior to his injuries. Um, you know, you add a veteran like Jarvis Landry and then an explosive rookie wideout in Chris Olave, which as we've seen, you know, if you go take a look at his college clips, I mean, Chris Olave was constantly torching secondaries. He's got game-breaking speed, crisp route running, you know, and I think learning under such established wideouts as Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, it's, it's the perfect scenario for him to come into. Um, and as we saw last year, Jameis Winston is not afraid to throw the deep ball. And I think Olave is going to be on the receiving end of quite a few of those touchdowns, you know. Um, I also believe, though, a, a position group that's kind of underlooked, underrated right now, I'm very excited to see the Saints front seven. You know, last year, David Onyemata was suspended. Um, and people seem to forget his impact that he makes. You know, he gets that interior pressure, which gets guys on the end going. You know, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Carl Granderson, you know, that's going to create just havoc on the line. Well, yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because the group I was going to go with is that D-line specifically. Uh, because, you know, I don't, it's not that I have concern with the linebacking core. Uh, I mean, Caden Ellis potentially having to play meaningful snaps this year a lot makes me a little bit concerned, but I think he's kind of proven that he's maybe ready for that. And he's kind of beating out some guys on the, on the depth chart, like Zach Bond that, you know, we thought was going to be a legitimate contributor, right. When we drafted him as high as we did. So, but overall this defensive line is something that I think is deep. It's really the depth that really gets me excited because you have Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport at the front. Those are guys that have been there, done that. But if we can get something out of a guy like Peyton Turner, who's hopefully going to come back and contribute at some point, that's that's really valuable to have a guy and be able to rotate in, not just have your first string defensive line getting pressure. Um, and the Saints, I think, have an opportunity to have that this year. Carl Granderson, a guy that gets me excited, that's shown us some flashes and really, you know, been a valuable contributor at times. Uh, Capasignon is a guy who I think can can have some value to us this year. So it's a spot too where if you have an injury, you're not necessarily doomed at that spot, which excites me because I think it's important and I think you're going to have injuries as we go through you know, the grind of an NFL season. But if that group's getting pressure, that also makes things easier for the secondary. And the secondary is still probably going to be pretty good, but I think has some injury concerns and some things like that. But overall, that defensive line, yeah, you, you mentioned it, and I think that's, for me, that's the most excited. I think they have a chance to be one of the best defensive lines in the league, um, if not right at the top. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, having that depth is key. You know, you brought up injuries, which we've seen the past few seasons. Our D-line often gets injured, um, as does just about every other team. You know, it's a brutal position to play. When you're in the trenches like that, it, I mean, it's a violent sport. It's a violent position. It happens. And, you know, having that depth allows you to keep guys fresh, rotating in and out. It can also prevent injuries, you know, from overplaying. You know, you're not going to be seeing every snap of the game from Cam Jordan. And like you said, getting in a Granderson, possibly getting some contribution from Peyton Turner could be key. You know, it takes ease off of the secondary, which we've seen the secondary is solid. However, pass rush is key. That's what wins championships, as we saw last year with the Rams, just ferocious front seven. 
Absolutely. And so from there, that kind of takes me to the next one, which is what the, the group that concerns you the most, where, you know, which, where are you feeling that we could be having a big weakness? You know, the group that concerns me the most um, is probably the offensive line. Fully just agreed. as we've seen um, in the past, you know, injuries, once again, it's the same thing with the defensive line. You're playing a violent position. You're in the trenches. Injuries will happen. And, you know, unfortunately, losing first round Trevor Penning early in the preseason, that is going to hurt us. Um, on a positive note, it seems like he will be returning to the field this season at some point, hopefully early November. Um, I think James Hurst is an extremely underrated player. You know, he has filled in all over the line throughout the years, and I think he'll be a solid left tackle. But as we know, injuries can happen. And you look at the Saints' depth on the offensive line, it's, you know, night and day compared to the defensive line. And that's certainly a position that is concerning, you know, especially with Jameis Winston coming off his injury. I don't want to have to see him running for his life behind that line, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned Hurst. And I think this a lot of the Saints' season, I don't want to say rides on James Hurst, but I think, you know, it can be said that, whether the Saints are successful or not, a large part of that's going to be how Hurst plays. I think another part of it is you mentioned Penning possibly coming back. But I think if Hurst is able to be playing well at that point and you don't have to rush him back, I think that's something that's going to be very important. I don't think you want to get in the situation where Penning is coming off of a very serious injury and you're trying to rush him out there. Also remembering that he's a rookie um, and you're trying to get him out there as soon as you can because the team feels like the offensive line's falling apart without him. So I, I have high hopes for Hurst. I think... Offensive line is easily the, the the position group that concerns me the most as well. Um, can a guy like Cesar Ruiz step up and kind of, you know, establish himself in this league? He was someone who we had such high hopes for as a first-round pick, and we haven't seen it yet. Um, can Andrews Pete kind of, you know, stay on the field? Can can things like that work out? I think that's that's something that we need to see. Um, and I think you're right. It's, it's the depth that's really scary. I think if that first group is able to stay healthy and stay together, you know, I don't think it's going to be a disaster, but if a couple of those guys go down, I mean, we've got some names that we're not even really familiar with, you know, guys like Calvin Throckmorton, Landon Young, that could play meaningful snaps if you get a couple of injuries. And I don't think that's something that Saints fans want to see. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you when you say the season's not necessarily riding on James Hurst's play, but you know, it's certainly going to have a huge impact on how the Saints offense looks this year because if he can't hold up at that left tackle position, it's going to create some serious problems. Um, and like you said, bringing in Trevor Pinning, no one wants to see him rushed back. You know, he's a rookie. Left tackle is arguably the hardest position to play when it comes to the offensive line. Um, I think this year the best utilization of Trevor Pinning when he gets back would be you know, knock on wood, hopefully James Hurst is still healthy and playing well at that point. I think using pinning in some heavy sets, you know, maybe near the goal line, um, just because he's a mauler. He is a mauler. He, you know, he bulldozes players on the defensive end. Um, but I kind of want to stray away from just throwing him out at left tackle and throwing him to the Wolves as a rookie coming off that injury. Yeah, and so – that's the next thing I wanted to get into is kind of talking bigger picture here about how this team is going to play in general. I want to talk ceiling and floor because you mentioned, yeah, the ceiling could maybe be, you know, some people think yeah, this is that this is just a playoff team. But where do you see, you know, best case scenario? And then we'll turn around, talk worst case scenario as well. Yeah, you know, and like you mentioned earlier, you know, despite 
not trying to sound like, you know, the biased home fan. I do think this Saints team can compete for a title. Um, and it's kind of going to rely on how Jameis Winston looks this year. You know, if we can get the best out of Jameis Winston, I think ceiling for this team is a potential Super Bowl champion. You know, what they say, defense wins championships. We have a historically good defense. Jameis Winston really just has to be a game manager. You know, obviously, I think we would all love to see him throw for 5,000 yards and, you know, 40 touchdowns. But I don't think we need that out of him. You know, we've got an extremely efficient running game with Kamara. Um, And, you know, I think Jameis, this is the best weapons he's ever had in his career. You know, in Tampa, he had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. That was a solid group. But I think Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, they just fit the scheme perfectly for what we want Jameis to do this year. And once again, we can't just harp on, hey, Jameis threw 30-30 a few years ago. Once again, we saw Trent Dilfer go and win a Super Bowl almost 20 years ago. We, we know Trent Dilfer is not a very good quarterback. So why uh, I don't know why people would claim that Jameis can't lead this team to a Super Bowl title. So, yeah, with that being said, ceiling, competing for a Super Bowl. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I mean, going back to what you said about the weapons that Jameis had, I think, yeah, I do think that Tampa team, you got to remember that was a younger Chris Godwin. So I think now you take a look at what Tampa's been able to put together behind Brady, and it wasn't exactly the same. It was a good group, and Jameis certainly, you know, got a lot out of them. But, yeah, this group, I think, is more tailored to the way that Jameis can be successful, which is we're going to run the football, first of all. We're going to set up play action. We're not going to go out and make him be the gunslinger, the Brett Favre, you know, go out and win us games. And I think at this point in James's career, that's what he needs. He needs that control and that structure. Sean Payton was able to give him that. And now I think moving into the Dennis Allen era uh, is something that we need to see more of. We don't need to see James go out and not win games. But then at the same time, he is capable if you need him to lead a big drive late in the game, right? He has the ability to make big plays in the passing game and, so, yeah, I think so. My ceiling is going to be more of like an NFC title type situation. I I think there's a couple things that just make me hesitant to say this team can go out and win a Super Bowl. Um, the offensive line depth is certainly part of it. And we already kind of talked about that, so I won't get back into that. Uh, overall, defensively, where I think we're going to be a top 10 defense, I hope it's even better than that. My main concern is just some of these guys haven't played together and we kind of reworked the secondary Uh, Some guys are stepping into bigger roles this year, specifically, you know, at the corner spot with Adebo. We'll see how he, you know, he he played a lot last year, but now he's going to be that guy, especially if Lattimore ends up missing any time. And we'll see also if Adebo is able to get back with his injury. But I don't know if I have specific concerns. I just take a look at some of the teams around the league. And, you know, I think Tampa is a little bit farther ahead in their, you know, where they are as a team. So I'm not going to say that this team isn't capable of it, but my realistic ceiling would be to get to the playoffs, be competitive within the playoffs, win a couple of games there, maybe end up in the NFC title. And then, I mean, again, at that point, who knows, right? Um, As for the floor for this team, that's where I get kind of scared, right? Because uh, it depends how you want to discuss floor. Are you saying just with the, the healthy roster? Because obviously if injuries happen, this team could go downhill in a hurry. So I'll go ahead and say, you know, just with a realistic number of injuries that are that's you could expect in any given season, if things just go really poorly with Jameis and he maybe regresses back to what we saw some of in Tampa, I think seven, seven, eight wins um, is still the floor, which, again, that's that's not like we're going to be. I don't think there's any scenario in which we're four and 13. Right. I think it helps that we play in the NFC South. That's going to have two teams that aren't very competitive. 
they'll be competitive against us because it's the NFC South, but they won't be very competitive against other teams, right? So that's where I think this team falls to in, in worst case scenario is still seven or eight wins. So I think that's, you know, given the situation, I think you'd, you'd be very disappointed with that. But a, this isn't a team that's going to have to worry about, you know, picking first in next year's draft. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, like you said, it's it's all based on a healthy roster. You know, we don't know what can happen. No one no one knows what can happen throughout the season. Um, one of the biggest things I do love, you know, when it comes to the floor of this team is having a backup quarterback in Andy Dalton. If injuries do happen, I think Dalton has – I mean, he's been a proven quarterback in the league. You know, he's a made man. He's done well. Now, we're not saying Andy Dalton is going to go out there and win MVP or anything, but – he would be a solid, solid backup compared to what we were trotting out last year when Jameis went down, you know, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill. It, it Things got real ugly real quick last year. And I think with that being said, I mean, floor of this team based on a healthy roster, I would say probably eight, nine, seven and 10, you know, like you said, I think the team will still be competitive. You know, the defense will still win us games. But as far as floor, I think seven, eight wins – We'll get a few out of the NFC South just because it's a relatively weak division. But, you know, it, it's really going to rely on the health of all of these guys. That's a great point you made about Andy Dalton, because I think that backup quarterback spot is something for so long we didn't have. I mean, you look at some of the Saints, even their Super Bowl teams, some of these guys, Mark Brunel. I mean, we had backup quarterbacks that, you know, not to not to give any disrespect to Mark Brunel. But, we you know, if Breeze went down in those years, it was kind of a, all right, we'll pack up. We'll try again next year. Whereas I think the signing of Teddy Bridgewater is kind of where you saw a real changing in that. It's where Mickey Loomis and those guys said, wait a minute, let's put this this team in place. And maybe that had something to do with Drew Brees getting a little older and feeling like we maybe needed to have someone in case something happened. But they said, wait, if we, you know, even if Brees goes down, let's try and keep this thing together if he's able to come back at some point. And we saw that it worked kind of perfectly, right? When, when Bridgewater was able to step in, we saw it again with Jameis and those situations and They've now made like a renewed commitment to that where they focus on the backup quarterback position. And I, I love that personally because, yeah, it's it's there's there's a lot of teams out there in the league right now. I think Green Bay is one of them. I think Tampa is one of them where if their guy goes down, it's going to feel like, well, we, we gave it our best shot. You know, that's it. Whereas the Saints team, you're right. I mean, if, if let's say Jameis were to get injured and miss six to eight games, you're not going to say oh, the season's over, you're going to say, well, Andy Dalton's a proven guy, and with this defense, maybe we can you know, win five or six of the games that he's out and hopefully still be in a good spot. So I think that's really important. The next thing I wanted to kind of talk about is, is bigger picture in the NFC South um, and then the NFC. I'll go first here, and, and my thing with the NFC South is that, look, Carolina and Atlanta aren't going to be factors this year. I'd be shocked. You know, Carolina's the one that maybe if Baker Mayfield has a renaissance into his you know college days at Oklahoma, winning Heisman trophies, and all of a sudden he's – slinging it all around the field. Maybe they can surprise some people. I don't see it happening. Atlanta, I think, is way further away from com from competition. I mean, they're going to start Marcus Mariota. We're probably going to see Desmond Ritter at some point. Uh, so I'm not really concerned with the Saints' ability to compete with those teams. It comes down to Tampa. And, yeah, I think Tampa's a proven team. Now, first of all, they struggle with the Saints. I can't think – you can't overlook that. Um, they haven't really figured out how to beat us in the regular season yet. I think that matters, and I think it's something that starts to get in. You know, matchups matter in football so much, right? And I think the Saints have some good ones as far as the way our secondary can match up with their playmakers and then offensively some of the things that we've done to attack their guys. So 
I think it's going to come down. I think it's going to be close too. Brady's had some drama. He's been away from the team. You know, um, I don't know if that's a huge concern because he is, you know, Tom Brady after all, he'll be back and they'll be fine. But I think Tampa's maybe taking a step back to the pack a little bit with some of the, the guys that they lost in the off season and some of the kind of reworked, um, you know, guys, pass catchers, offensive line is a big one for them. If those guys are going to hold up. So I think it comes down to really the, the head to head games and maybe one or two games at the end of the season that are going to determine who wins this division. And I really think the Saints are should be just as much of a favorite, if not the favorite, to win this division over Tampa. And I think that's not something you're really hearing from kind of the national media outlets. No, absolutely. You know, when you, you sit there and you listen to these analysts and when they're discussing the NFC South and they're just kind of writing off the Saints, which is just uncomprehendable. I mean, like you mentioned with Tampa being arguably the biggest threat to the NFC South for us, you know, that offensive line has been ravaged by injuries. You know, they had, you know, some losses in free agency. Brady's situation is kind of a an odd, odd group, you know. With him leaving training camp for almost two weeks, we don't necessarily know what happened or what was going on. He is still Tom Brady, like you brought up. You know, he's arguably the most mentally tough player we've seen in this league. You know, he doesn't show emotion. He doesn't – nothing happens to Tom Brady. <laughs> um but, you know, I think the thing that we've done to Tampa over the past few years is really going to show itself this year as well, is how our defensive front gets around that line and attacks Tom Brady. That's how you beat Tom Brady. We've seen it happen before and hoping to see it again this year, you know, that D-line just dominating. And, you know, as far as the other two teams in the NFC South, like you brought up, the Falcons are not going to be a competitive team. They're just not. Mariota is is an all right quarterback, but you're not necessarily putting much faith into that. You know, like you said, we'll probably see Desmond Ritter around midseason, I believe. Um, but I think Atlanta is basically printing up Bryce Young jerseys, getting ready for next season at this point. They'll be a top three pick in the draft, if not number one overall. They just won't be a competitive team. The Panthers that's all I can really say. I mean, the Panthers is just all right. You know, we'll see what Baker does. I don't really have a lot of faith in Baker Mayfield. You know, he's got a good story coming into college, walk on all that good stuff, but I don't see the Panthers being a huge threat. I think they end up finishing, you know, a few games below 500. I just don't see them being a threat, but like you brought up, it's the NFC South, it's division rivalries. All these games will probably be competitive just because that's how this division works. Everybody competes against each other. Yeah. And I think I like what you said about Brady because that, that is, that's what, you know, it's not a secret at this point uh, that pressuring Brady is, is how you beat him. Another thing that I think is important. I look at some of those saints teams at the end when Bree struggled in the playoffs against Minnesota, it was interior pressure. These guys who are available, you know, and breeze and Brady are two of the best of all time and being able to climb the pocket and create situations where they're still able to get, the ball to the target when you have pressure off the outside, but when you pressure them up the middle, there's just nowhere to go. These guys don't have that elite athleticism that, you know, kind of some of today's quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson have. So pressuring up the middle is huge. And where were two of Tampa's losses in the inside of that offensive line. Right. So I do think that's, that's a big concern now. Hey, maybe those guys that they have filling in are going to step up and, and kind of, you know, be better than we thought, but we'll see. The next thing I, I want, you know, the NFC in general, and we can kind of be quick on this one, but this is kind of some of my real optimism this year surrounds that I just don't have that much faith in some of these teams around the NFC South. 
I mean, excuse me, around the NFC in general. Um, I take a look at each division, right? In the West, I think is maybe, you know, the most complete division, but Seattle's not going to be a factor. Arizona, I don't have a lot of trust in Kingsbury and Kyler Murray to figure that thing out this year. Uh, maybe they will be a playoff team, but I don't think they'll go very far if they get there. The Rams certainly are the team that I was the most concerned about in the entire NFC coming into the season, but Thursday night, they looked pretty bad. So I'm not sure. I still think they will be pretty good in, in a playoff team, but you know, that that's a team that that I don't think the Saints are, in, you know, not capable of competing with. I think they certainly are. Um, and so San Francisco is going to be kind of a wild card. We'll see. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't put a lot of faith in rookie quarterbacks who have never started a game in the NFL uh, or have limited starting experience. And, you know, a guy like Lance who didn't play that much in college. So I need to see it before I believe in San Francisco. Um, in the north, Green Bay is, is kind of the one, you know, Minnesota will see, but Minnesota's, you know, kind of on a, a, a team in a situation similar to the Saints where it's like, well, maybe they'll take that next step. But I'll take Jameis and the guys that we've got over Kirk Cousins and that crew anyway. Um, and Green Bay, yeah, they're, they're, they're there. But first of all, they can't get it done in the playoffs. And second of all, they lost a lot of guys. I mean, they lost their best receiver. I think they, they have this idea that Aaron Rodgers will just make it work with whoever they put out there with him. And I, I just think at some point that becomes difficult, right? Uh, and then lastly, in the north, or oh, we already did the north, huh? So in the, who did I miss? The east. east. Okay, so yeah. Dallas. Dallas, we'll see. Um, I think some of their injury concerns, you know, Philadelphia is really the hot team right now. Everybody's kind of jumping on the bandwagon with Jalen Hurts getting MVP picks and all this stuff. And that may be possible, but, like, I don't look at any of these teams in this NFC as, like, book it, this is a title contender. The way in the AFC, I think, Buffalo is easily that team. Kansas City is arguably going to be that team. Um, the Chargers are in that conversation. And for me in the NFC, yeah, there's some teams like Tampa, like Green Bay, and like the Rams who have been there before. But there's nobody that I just see as like, okay, that's a locked-in title run team that I'm scared of, right? So that's why I think this Saints team has the opportunity to surprise some people and maybe be way better than we are even expecting. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like you brought up earlier, the the entire landscape of the NFC changed this offseason. With Wilson moving to the AFC, there was a lot of shifts with free agency. But, you know, I look at the NFC and there's not one team that really scares me. Like you mentioned, it's not like previous years where, you know, last year when Stafford went to the Rams, they became a dead-on favorite to win the NFC. And as we saw, they were a dominant team. But after watching them Thursday night, Stafford's injury, you know, the elbow injury certainly is concerning. He didn't look like he could put much zip on the ball on Thursday. And that offensive line got completely dominated by Buffalo's pass rush, which, as we know, the Saints are, you know, full of pass rushers. And I think that can certainly come into play. Don't have too much faith in rookie quarterbacks. Like you said, Trey Lance is playing, you know, North Dakota State, limited starting experience. We haven't seen really what he can do. Like you said, we'll see it when we believe it. I think Lance will be a decent quarterback, but I don't see him being, you know, a juggernaut leading the Niners to a title run this season. The East, always going to be a weak division. I do not have much faith in Dak Prescott, you know, with Mike McCarthy at the helm. That team just doesn't concern me, you know, and they also lost Amari Cooper. You know, they've had some injuries up front, Tyron Smith. I don't know what to say about him. You know, I think it might be time for him to hang up the cleats at this point. Um, Hot take. The North. Yeah. 
the North, Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of like you brought up, everyone's saying he will make the receivers better than what they are. But when you look at that group, I mean, you've got Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, who's actually out this weekend. I believe he's been declared out now with an injury. Sammy Watkins has not been very successful in the league except for week ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, Green Bay does not really concern me. I think the Vikings are an interesting team to look at, like you brought up. I think this year, you know, with the new head coach, I think they might take that next step, but I still don't see them being a title competitor. I think they'll have a really good offense, but that defense does not scare me at all. And I think our defense matches up well with everyone in the NFC. It really is going to lean on what the offense does this year. Yeah, and and again, I don't want to, for those listening, I don't want to act like this is us saying that the Saints are the best team in the NFC or that anything like that. Um, by saying those teams don't scare me. But what I do want to like, what I'm saying is that I just don't think that there's like a clear cut title contending team. The way we've seen in years past, a team that's all in, the team that feels like the roster is pretty much put into place. The Rams have a chance to be that team. But again, yeah, with Stafford's concerns, that, that kind of changes that whole thing. So that's where I think, where especially when I compare it to the AFC, I think there's a couple teams, specifically. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas City that are ready to compete now. And Cincinnati, I mean, look, they're the team that went to the Super Bowl as well, so they're going to be back. So that's what I mean by that. But so to wrap up our 2022 season preview, before we get to week one, uh, give us what's the record? What do we, what do we have? Where, where's this team ending up? You know, I've got the Saints going 11-6 and six this year. I, I think there's going to obviously be some fluke games, um, possibly losing due to injuries. You know, it happens. But I, I've got this Saints team going 11 and six, possibly 12 and five, sweeping the NFC South and winning the division. Sweeping the NFC South. OK, so that that is that is something that I think is possible. And I think, again, it comes back to what I was saying about the NFC South. Um, now, I don't think they'll do it because the NFC South is weird. Um, and I think Atlanta, I mean, again, like we, we're, we're about to play Atlanta week one, right? And it's, we've been, we spent half this podcast talking about how bad Atlanta is. And I still think Atlanta could beat us on Sunday because that's just how the NFC South goes. But um, I'm going to say 10 and seven, right between 10 and seven and 11 and six again. So kind of in, in the same ballpark as you, I just have a little bit more concern. Um, but I do think, yeah, I, I think the ceiling is still higher than that. Like I talked about, like we kind of talked about earlier. Um, but I do think, yeah, tempering expectations a little bit. Some of the new pieces need to fit in. Um, that offensive line needs to hold up and stay healthy. But, yeah, I think this is a playoff team regardless. I think that record gets you in, especially in the NFC, as I mentioned. I think Now, I do think there's going to be a lot of teams between seven and ten wins in the NFC because for some of the reasons we just mentioned, there's a lot of teams that aren't fully complete but are pretty decent. So which one of those kind of separate themselves? I think the Saints have a great opportunity to be that team. So that's that's where we are. So that'll – We'll take a we'll stop it there for now because uh, that'll be the 2022 season preview. We'll come back uh, and and do our week one preview where we have, of course, the Dirty Birds from Atlanta coming or us rather going to Atlanta. All right, welcome back. Now we'll do our week one preview against the Atlanta Falcons. So we've kind of talked about this season as a whole, but now let's get into the specifics. We have a game to play tomorrow. Um, so Atlanta, we will be heading to Atlanta for a divisional matchup in the first week of the season. Um, the Saints and Atlanta, of course, it's a classic NFC South rivalry. So it's one of those games where you kind of typically throw out the records. Now, there's no records to throw out just yet, but this is going to be a game that the Saints are expected to win. Of course, we talked already about how Atlanta is not necessarily in the same position uh, as a franchise right now, but it's always a game that ends up being closer than it should be. So 
Let's talk about some interesting matchups, Mason. Who do you like uh, specifically position groups that you're looking for that you want to see something out of for the Saints? Maybe something that concerns you or a matchup you really like? Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly going to be watching the secondary a lot this weekend, seeing, you know, how we slot in Lattimore, whether he's going to shadow Kyle Pitts the entire game. You know, that pass catching group is just not very proven. You know, like you brought up, the rookie, Drake London, we'll see how he performs if he plays this weekend. I believe he's questionable. Um, but, yeah, I think Lattimore covering Pitts will certainly be the matchup of the day that I look for, and as well as adding in Alante Taylor, the rookie. He's going to play meaningful snaps. Bradley Roby, you know, coming in, possibly playing that cornerback two role with Adebo out this weekend. And I think the the linebacking group will be certainly an interesting one to watch as Russian quarterbacks have given us problems the past few years. Mariota is not a very good quarterback, but he can certainly, certainly cause problems with the Saints defense with his legs. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think uh, the running quarterback aspect of this is probably what concerns me the most. I think we've just seen that be the Achilles heel for the Saints. They built this defense to beat Tom Brady. Uh, and not necessarily to beat Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson and Marcus Mariota. So we saw him really struggle against guys like that in the past. Um, I think they'll be okay because Mariota and this Falcons offense just doesn't quite produce the same type of scare that some of those other guys do when they have weapons on the outside as well as the ability to do it themselves with their feet. The group that I want to see, though, is this linebacking core. You know, I think DeMario Davis, yeah, he's we're proven with him. We're not worried about him. But some of these guys around him, Pete Werner's going to step into a bigger role this season. Caden Ellis is going to have to play a lot. He's kind of, you know, beating out Zach Bond. At least we'll see if, if that changes. But he's a guy who we're going to have to see a lot from. So wh- who of that group can kind of step up? I mean, maybe it's Chase Hansen. You know, we have some other guys down there on the roster. But who's the guy who's going to step up and, and be that number two I think Pete Warner has the clearest path to it, and he's going to be put in situations to make plays early on, and I want to see if he can do it. This isn't the best running game that we're going to face. Cordell Patterson and that group, it's an unproven offensive line in Atlanta. You've got a lot of guys that haven't played a ton of NFL football, Um, so I want to see those linebackers show up and and kind of shut that running game down. The next thing I wanted to talk about is is the Falcons in general. You know, it's a team that we we mentioned. They're kind of headed in a different direction. They're rebuilding. They trade away Matt Ryan in the offseason. Um, they're going with Mariota. They took Desmond Ritter. Is he a guy that they see in the future? I think we're going to have to find out. So I think he plays at some point this year. Um, but I just want to kind of know from your perspective, do you think this is a team that has a chance to surprise some people and win some games and maybe Mariota goes on a run? Um, or do you think this team's going to sit in the bottom all, all season long? You know, I think the feel around the Falcons organization is this season is going to be sort of a write-off. I, I don't see them being very competitive. You know, like we mentioned earlier, I think Atlanta is going to be top three, most likely, if not number one overall, picking in the draft next year. I, I just cannot see this team being a real threat to anyone. And that's not the Saints fan bias coming out in me. That's just looking at the roster, looking at, like you said, where the franchise as a whole is headed. It's a new chapter for the Falcons, and I think this season is just going to be them kind of seeing what positions they have, what kind of weapons they might have, and any positivity around the roster. But I don't see them being a very good football team this year. Well, and you talk about a new chapter for Atlanta. It's kind of a new chapter for the Saints as well. We didn't talk about this in the season preview, so I wanted to bring it up now. It's in the beginning of the Dennis Allen era in New Orleans, and he's a guy that 
again, he had a chance in this league to coach at the highest level and it didn't work out for him, but he kind of came back and reinvented himself as a defensive coordinator. Once again, uh, working under Sean Payton, it was a perfect marriage. Now Sean Payton moves on and Dennis Allen gets, gets another chance. And I think he's a guy who has a lot to prove this time around. So I'm excited to see what he does. Um, he was a guy, you know, I liked the hire at the time. I think there were some other names that were floated around there that we could have went after. Um, but you know, Mickey Loomis and that, that saints group seemed to value continuity. Right. And that's kind of where they went. So just want to kind of get your thoughts on the beginning of the Dennis Allen era and, and what, what could be in store. You know, do you think this could be the next great head coach in the history of the New Orleans saints? You know, I, I really think like you brought up Dennis Allen is kind of reinventing himself, you know, prior to his stint with the Raiders, he wasn't a very successful head coach. And, you know, I saw, we saw him step up last year, you know, when the saints were wrecked by COVID and he had to take the helm for the head coaching duties last season. I think hiring from within was a great move by Mickey Loomis. It showed a lot of faith that he has faith in his guys. He's got a lot of faith in Dennis Allen. And I think expectations for Dennis Allen, I, I think he can be a very successful saints head coach. Um, the offense people are questioning due to Sean Payton's, you know, retiring or moving on, whatever we see him do in the future. But Pete Carmichael, you know, it's the continuity like you brought up. I think he's going to be very successful. He's been with the Saints for years now, and he's led a very, very good offense as we've seen in the past. Yeah, and I, I think one last thing to just kind of talk to the success that this organization has created. I mean, look what you have now, your footprint around the league. We have, you know, some some guys in the, the Sean Payton coaching tree is starting to grow, right, with Dan Campbell in Detroit and Aaron Glenn going over there as well. Um, but, yeah, no, overall, I think I agree with you. I think Dennis Allen has a chance to do great things here. I think he's inheriting a roster that's ready to win now, um, and he kind of helped put together that, you know, revamped roster this offseason. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited about what this team can do moving forward. I think uh, we, we talked about this a little bit in the preview. It's it's a different feeling around the Saints this year. You know, we haven't had this type of it's it's the changing of the guard that that happens. But I think when you have a quarterback like Drew Brees, as legendary as he is, it takes it takes several years to kind of feel like you know this is the new New Orleans Saints, right? This is the team, and they're you know ready to move into the next chapter. So I'm excited. Before we go, let's go ahead and get our score predictions. What do we think is happening Week One against the Falcons in Atlanta? You know, I've got the Saints going out there putting up some points. I don't think they're going to be as explosive as they will be later in the season, just because this first game is getting tread on the tires, developing chemistry. And like you brought up earlier, the Falcons always seem to play up to competition when they play us. I've got the Saints winning a close ball game, 27-20. Pretty similar to that. I think that's kind of the, the area I see, because I do think Atlanta's offense is going to struggle a bit. Um, but I think they get you know, at some point they maybe, maybe they go trick play route. They've had a lot of time to prepare, right? I think they get in the end zone one way or another. Um, I'm going to go 24, 20. So basically the same score there, just a little closer. We'll see who's closer than that. But I think the saints have a great opportunity to go out and get this season started on the right foot. You're playing a team again. That's not going to be great, but however, it's an NFC South rivalry game. So it's going to probably be close. I'm excited to see it, though, and I'm excited to watch this whole season, Mason. This was episode one of the Dome Zone podcast. We'll be back next week to recap Atlanta and take a look ahead to the next one. Uh, so, I mean, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you all next week.